and to and treat her nicely. Treat her nicely all the time. But <laughs> and if you haven't gotten her anything, Shane was at Harris Teeter first thing this morning. And he said that he saw a bunch of men with bouquets and standing in the card aisle. Just um, yeah, bless them. So we <laughs> we do hope that you are kind and generous to your moms today. Also, in just a few weeks, we're so glad that all of you are here so that we can let you know that the first Sunday of June is homecoming, okay? So, if you do not already have plans, and don't be thinking up stuff right now, if you don't already have plans, you are personally invited. Right now, this is your invitation to be here on homecoming Sunday. We have some great things going on. I am super excited about the different things that, that we have. And uh, and once everything is completely confirmed, I will let you know what all those great things are. But I'm excited about some of the things that are, that are happening. So please make sure that you are here and that you bring somebody with you. You know that we always have lots of great food, so that won't be a problem at all. Bring as many people as you can fit into your car. If they want to wear a mask, that's great. If they want a distance, that's fine. We'll just wave to them from a distance. Hello, welcome. Okay, so make sure that you are here the first Sunday of June. Also, we have the week after that, I think, is Father's Day, so be here for that. We have the month of May is rainbow items. So if you have not brought your things for the shoe boxes, I know that some people brought some rainbow balls today. Someone was very excited about their their purchases. So if you have not yet brought anything, if you would like to donate some money for that, because we have to pay for shipping, if you'd like to bring some shoe boxes, we'd appreciate it, and uh, bring some crayons, markers, colored pencils, and, and uh, what is it? Coloring books, bless my heart. So keep those things in mind. All right. Thank you so very much. This morning... I was, uh, well, for those who do not know, work has been absolutely crazy for Shane. Yes, it's been absolutely crazy. Uh, because of this, <laughs> y'all need to pray that stimulus money quits because people are not coming to work, calling in left and right. Well, it's true. It's true. The, um, the morning shift was supposed to be 20 people, and he was running it with the crew of five. So, exactly. So, things like that. And, of course, we've been praying. And every morning when he leaves, he says, babe, pray for me. I'm like, of course, I always do. And I will confess that my prayers have been like, Lord, help him make it through the day. Lord, give him strength. Lord, help, you know, send some people who need to work, that sort of thing. Just, you know, those, those kinds of things. This morning, I was, I was listening to some music. I had some music on to get ready for for worship and getting in the mood and there was this song called Jira if y'all have not heard it Maverick City Music Jira it's a fantastic song I love it so very much oh my golly well he says that in in the song he talks about the fact that God can do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think and I thought to myself how awful I have been for praying Lord get Shane through the day because God can do exceedingly abundantly above that he can do so much more than that god can send people that he that he doesn't even have place for he can send so many people that they get to open their lobby up 
God can send so many people, quality workers that need a job that they are that they are overflowing with customers because they're open and running smoothly. God can do that. So for all of you, bless you, for all of you who have been praying those small prayers, and I've been, pr- I've been preaching against that too, but for all of you who have been praying small prayers, ask better and ask bigger and ask more because God can do so much more. Amen. Let's stand this morning and go to the Lord in prayer. Ask him to have his will in the service. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. You are good. You are great. You are mighty. You are strong. You are high above all things, and we give you praise and honor and glory. Father, we thank you and we praise you because you give us so much more than we can ask, think, or imagine. God, you are greater and you are better and you are bigger than we can think. God, we just ask you today that you would have your will and your way in this place, that souls be saved and lives be changed according to your will. God, there is no one who has come here by accident. There may be people who think that they're just here because it's Mother's Day, but God, you have divinely ordained their presence in this place to hear from you and receive your word. God, we just ask that you would minister to each and every person. Father God, we pray for your supernatural presence to come down so strongly to meet every need more than we can think or ask. God, we just thank you for the miracles that you are beginning to take place in our lives right now. We thank you. We praise you. We worship you. In Jesus' precious holy name we pray. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus.
the battle belongs to you and every fear I lay at your feet I'll sing through the night oh God the battle belongs to you sing almighty fortress almighty fortress you go before us nothing can stand against the power of our God you shine in the shadows you win every battle nothing can stand against the power of our God almighty fortress you go before us nothing can stand against the power of our God you shine in the shadows you win every battle nothing can stand against the power of our God almighty fortress you go before us nothing can stand against the power of our God you shine in my shadow you win every battle nothing can stand against the power of our God so when I fight I fight on my knees with my hands lifted high oh God the battle belongs to you and every fear I lay at your feet I'll sing through the night Oh God, the battle belongs to you Oh God, this battle belongs to you Man, thank you Jesus Thank you Lord Thank you Jesus Praise your holy name, Lord. And as we sing this song, you guys know, those of you who, who are normally here who sing this song, you know, at the end of this, we sing certain words, but if you need to sing something different, if you need God to be something different to you today, you're welcome to sing whatever it is, because He is anything that we could possibly need. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus.
You are so good. Good morning and welcome to the Cornelius Church of God. We're glad to have all of you with us this morning. Uh, I look out over the crowd. Uh, is this anybody's first time here? Anybody's first time? Then you're a guest. And we're glad to have you with us this morning. We hope you'll enjoy our service well enough that you'll come back and be with us again sometime. 
for all of you who hadn't seen it in a long time, <coughs> Chad, we hadn't seen it in a long time, <laughs> Sister Hager, uh, that we haven't seen it in a long time, it is so good to see you. Man, I'm telling you, it's good to see, does the old man's heart good to see you in church this morning, and so I'm thankful to see you in church this morning. I'm fortunate this morning that I married the best mom. I'll put her up against any you got. She's a good one, and she knows how to take care of it and do the job, and I'm very thankful for her this morning. It's time to receive our tithing offering if her usher will come at this time. Brother Wiseman, will you say the blessing over the offering for us this morning, please? Brother Shane up here. This is not my forte, so uh, those those visitors and people who don't normally, well, you don't know. You've never seen me up here, so it's okay. This is not my forte, being in front of everybody, so forgive me. Happy Mother's Day to everyone out there. Um, it's really good to see uh, the pews filled up and all of our, our mothers and their children here, so I really do appreciate it. Um, I'm, I'm serving in place of pastor here today, so i got to get goofy. Um, tradition here at CCOG is we like to recognize our, our mothers. Um, my helper is busy at the moment, so we're going to take a moment. We have some beautiful roses up here, and our mothers deserve a lot more than roses. I'm a mother. I deserve a lot more than a rose. I can say that honestly. 
y'all ever met my child, y'all know what I mean. <laughs> she's a sweetheart, but she, she's a handful at times. Um, so I want to take a moment and make sure that our moms get a chance. Um, something small to say thank you for all that you do. I see Leah already surveying, going, Mom, which one you want? <laughs> I got my eye on it. I see it. Leah knows. Leah knows. Um, so just to take a moment here, just to say thank you. And Leah, since you were so excited about getting your mom a rose, are, are the other Haley, Clayton, y'all going to be upset if Leah gets the rose? <laughs> She's the baby. Yeah, the babies get the attention. Sad but true. Leah, come get your mama a rose. That perfect one that you were spotting from all the way back there. Oh, look at her. She, oh, right there. Which one is it? Which rose? This one or her? All right. That was it? That was it? All right. That was it. All right. Kim Doyle, come get your mama a rose and bring your husband with you to let him get his mama a rose. Miss Tina needs a rose too. Now, Miss Tina, did you tell him which one you wanted? Or does he know you well enough to know which one? Now, Kim, you better know your mama well enough. I mean, it's been, you know, several years now. Uh, look, they're going for the ones in the back. They're like, the good ones are in the back. I don't know that that's the truth, but that's all right. All right. Cliff. Brother Cliff. He's, he's like, oh, I got called out. Come get your mama a rose. No, he wasn't. I caught him off guard. See, I'm watching. Y'all looking down. Not, don't know who's going to get called next. I'm not going in any order. <laughs> That's it. Ooh, nice, pretty pink one. All right, there you go. That's right. That one, I would have guessed pink for you, too. I don't know. All right. Um, I need I need some help here because we got some mamas who the kids are not here. Can I get Gretchen and Kingston to come help me for a second? Gre Kingston, can you come up here and help me? And Gretchen? I want you guys each to grab one rose, and I need one of you to get it to Miss Dina. And Sister Shuggy back there. And Gretchen, you help show Kingston who's who, okay? Pick out a pretty rose. Which one do you want, Kingston? Which one do you think the ladies are going to like? You want a red one, a pink one? You want the pink one? All right. All right. Good job. All right. Miss Dina's over there in the white. Raise your hand, Miss Dina. Happy Mother's Day, Miss Dina. One of you hand it to Miss Dina. All right, Sister Shuggy, wave your hand over there. Kingston, you go give your rose to Sister Shuggy. She's hiding behind all the, 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 the row of Daniel's clan over there. The tall people, yes. Yeah, hiding behind Treg over there. He's tall, hiding, hiding the little folk. It's all right, Treg. No, no, Jesus made you that way. It's wonderful. For those of us that are vertically challenged, I salute those that are higher than me. <laughs> All right, Sister Powell's got a little group down here. Um, is there one that I should call on, Sister Powell? Or? Christy. <laughs> Come.
Come on, Chrissy, come pick out your mama a rose and tell your brother and sister they should have been here in church with them. That was not in my notes. Just preacher would have said that. That was him speaking in my ear. Martin? That's Martin? Good Lord, have mercy. Wow. I wasn't going to say anything, but hey, Martin totally did not recognize you. My bad. Y'all, that's Martin. Then tell Candy she should have been in church. She's not here, right? Okay. Just kidding. Um, Brother Ken, you need to come up and get two roses. You need one for your mama and one for your beautiful wife. Yeah, see, look at her. She's like, I'm going to put it on you. You better get the right one or we're going to talk later. You know mama. Okay, well, you know, that's good. That's good. Good job. All right, very good. Now, I don't want to, um, I don't want to, uh, He's, he's look, he's hiding from me. Chandler man. Chandler man. Hey Chandler, can you come up here and get your mommy a pretty rose? You want to come up with Aunt Lily? Come on, come bring bring No. Kingston, do you want to walk up here with him? Oh well Papa's gonna come bring him. Look. No. He's like, no, you're gonna come. You're gonna get your mama a rose. That's right. Sometimes you gotta compel him to do a little something. It's good for him. It'll be alright. And actually, Kingston, you come up here too because I'm going to have you get one more rose to take to another mommy who's, who their kid can't be here today. Can you do that for me? All right. Pick out a pretty rose that you think Sister Ulisa's going to like. Oh, she's going to, oh, yeah, I would pick red for her too. And Chan, pick up one for Mommy. Which one's Mommy going to like? Hold on. Hold on, Kingston. Well, he's excited. He's like, I like handing out flowers. Which one you want? Grab one. That's it. Go ahead. Get it. <laughs> there we go. Papa's got her. Oh. There we go. Mommy. That's right. Let's get mommy. And Chan or Kingston, right around. Sister Ulisa, wave your hand for Kingston. Go around this way. There you go. And you go hand her that pretty rose you picked out just for her. He is a good helper. Gretchen, you got competition, honey? There we go. All right. Now, Gretchen, Daddy's not here to get his mommy a flower. Can you get Gigi a flower and tell Daddy he should have been here at church? He's traveling, y'all. He would have been here, but he's traveling. He's busy with work these days. Which one's Gigi won't? Oh, yeah, you definitely pink. It's your favorite color. Very true. And, Nina, we're not forgetting about you, Sister Dawn. We're not forgetting about you. You are, you are, you are the church mama. In fact, I'm going to give you one. Um, here, she likes ones that are not tightly together so that they're going to last longer. I do. Practical you. you got to make it last longer. Your daughter is here, but she's up there in the sound booth, so I'm going to serve in place of. So uh, that's all right here. 
Um, I know, Lord, I'm making a mess here. I do know that we have another mother here who is probably our newest of mothers in our room. Um, And hopefully I'm not going to embarrass you. But Clayton, come up here and get Miss Stacy a flower. Look, he, he had to ask. He's like, look, I ain't going to get in trouble. I know how this goes. I know how this goes. Good job. Look, there you go. All right. And now we got Miss Christy and Miss Trish back there, who their kids are not here. So, Martin, why don't you come and bring your sisters a flower? Look at that. Yeah, now that I know who it is, Martin, come. Let everybody else see how well you've aged. <laughs> well, I mean, not all of them know you, you know, from way back in the day like I do, so. There you go. Look at, oh, yeah, get on the same so they don't fight over it. You know how it is. Yeah, see, look, he remembers from his childhood, he knows. All right. Looking out, I hope I did not forget any mothers. Am I forgetting any mothers out there? Oh, hey. Yo, I'm a mom. Who would have guessed? Yeah, pick me out a rose, baby. Look, she's trying to get me all of them. Y'all know how it is. Thank you, baby. All right. Love you too. All right. And um, I know that we had a few people kind of come in past um, 10, just a little bit. So, Gretchen, do you still have all my tickets? Okay. I think we've got a few moms. If you were a mother and you did not receive a ticket coming in this morning, if you will raise your hand, Gretchen's going to bring you a ticket. We got some prizes up here. Flowers are not the only thing you guys get a chance to take home. Looks like I need at least three, Sister Diane Keller, Sister Keller, and Ulisa. If you'll make sure that they have a ticket. You give Sister Keller a winning one now, she'll get you if you don't. <laughs> She's like, wait a minute, am I doing this right? She's a perfectionist like me, so she wants to make sure it's like right on the money. It's okay. Over there. You need two more, baby. I'm going to get off camera for a minute. For those of you that are watching, sorry, you're not going to get to see my pretty face for a second. Did you get it? Thank you, thank you. All right. So this year we went a little bit different than our normal flowers. We got you some smell good stuff up here, mamas. How many mamas like to smell good, be pampered? How many of you don't get pampered enough? Husbands, take watch, listen, take note, children. All right. If I can get, we got three prizes up here. We got these three little ones that I'm sensing. Gretchen and Kingston, can you come up here for a minute? We're going to let 
Kingston draw. Can you draw a winning ticket? You're going to draw a winning one? All right, look out there. I want you to look around, all, all those mamas. Put your eye on one pretty mama out there, and I want you to pick their ticket, okay? Oh, she, look, he's looking at Nana. I see that. Look, he's like, I got an objective. Pick out one ticket and hand it to me. Oh, that's two of them. Oh, that's three of them. Which one do you want? Just one. That one? All right. Let me have it. All right. So, mamas, get your ticket out. And I'm going to read the last three numbers. Number 694. Ooh. Who we got? Was that Sister Keller's? See, I told you you better hand her a winning one. She's going to get you. Come on up here, Walker, and grab Sister Keller, one of our fine prizes. Thank you, King. So you can have a seat now, buddy. I appreciate it. Good job. You should have asked her. Hmm. Decisions. The middle. She said middle. There you go. Got you. All right, Gretch. Reach in there. Mix them up. Grab one. All right. What's the last three? Six, nine, five. Six, nine, five. Woo, look at y'all. Y'all come in. We got mixies up. That's not fair, y'all. Come on up here. Ken, come pick up one for... I'm, I'm doing it. I thought I did, but apparently not. They're sticking. You want to pick another one? All right. Pick one more. Mix. Yeah, she's drawing one on behalf of Chandler because he, he may not get up here with me. Six, nine, one. Woohoo! Why don't you take this one back there to Miss Stacy? Thank you. I'll take all that. Happy Mother's Day to all. Um, we really do appreciate you being here, taking time to spend with your moms and being here with us as a church family. We really do appreciate it. Um, many of you may already know, but we have been working together some videos for our moms. So give us just a second, and we're going to have that video for you. If you are sitting near your mom, make sure you give her a big hug and give her some lovin's.
morning great great job Gretchen well listen I'm not up here to hand out flowers or gifts or anything I'm taking applications for work and, and if, if, if y'all want a job Leah Haley I know you are trained um, see me at the church I have something for you part-time anything so not nah, but happy Mother's Day y'all. and uh, I'm here to receive uh, prayer requests spoken first 
Yes, Gretchen. Let me pray for Papa's back. Sister Vicky. Yes, we pray for Caitlin. Gretchen. Let's pray for preacher for sure. Rhonda. Let's stand and raise your hands for uh, any unspoken requests. Father, we love you. We thank you for your blessings, Lord. Thank you for this wonderful day, Mother's Day. Thank you for every mother being here today. Lord, we love you. And we, just, we just thank you for everything that you're doing in our life, Lord. Lord, I pray for our preacher. Lord, lift him up right now, Lord. Lord, give him strength, Lord. And I pray that doctors just heal him completely, Lord. Lord, I pray for Sister Joyner as she takes care of him, Lord, and looks after him, Lord, that you just give her strength. Time to fellowship. A short fellowship.
Happy Mother's Day. Yes, for sure. Uh, the best memory I have of my mom and everything was about 50 years ago. When we were on the field, she was a We love you, Miss Keller. Hey, what do I say about my mom, my mama? Mama was such a good person. She knew everything about the Bible. She knew every phone number in the phone book, which is why we never had to use the phone book. And my mama also knew how to love us. And each one of us had our own issues, but she never turned her head. Um, I miss my mama. She's been gone for a while, but um, I think I'm okay with where she's at and I can't wait to meet her someday again. Love you, Mom. Happy Mother's Day. So one of my favorite things doing with my mother is painting. And we found this pretty giraffe. It's very nice and I love you, Mommy. To my wonderful mother and my friend so dear, throughout my life, you were always near. A tender smile to guide my way. You were the sunshine to light my day. Happy Mom's Day, Mom. I love you and couldn't be more than happy to be your only son and your first kid. Hope your day is as good and as blessed as you are. And I love you. It's funny how older you get. The things that Mom said make a whole lot more sense. talking to a young lady recently about just enjoying your kids. I think my mother did enjoy her children. The thing I remember most probably about my mom was she was a lot of fun. She would play games with we kids out in the yard. Um, didn't make any difference how much housework needed to be done. Don't even remember how clean our house was or was not. Just remember mom playing with us and loving us. Mom was always at home when we kids got in from school and uh, she stayed at home and took care of her kids and her family. Great lady and everybody that knew my mother loved her. Happy Mother's Day everyone. Um, I just wanted to talk about why I love Mother's Day and it's because moms don't get the recognition that they deserve for doing the hardest job in the world. Um, and I know from my own experience because I am slowly realizing all those things my mom did that I wasn't really grateful for when I was younger. Um, but I just turned 20, and with every year that goes by, I feel worse and worse about being such a teenager with her. Um, but now I see why she did things like, you know, maybe keep things clean and go to the gym and eat healthy. Um, so, Mom, thank you so much for everything you did uh, to make me the person I am today. Um, you're my best friend, you are my rock, and I love you so much. Hey, Mama. So, one of my fondest memories of my mom 
Well, there's many. There's one in particular that, that stands out above them all. I was probably 17. Yeah, I was 17. And um, I was sneaking out of the house, you know, just kind of one of those things that I did. And um, Mom always knew what was going on. But anyway, so there's one day I'm sneaking out of the house, and I knew if I cranked the car in the driveway that Mom would hear it and wake up, and I'd be caught. So I said, ah, I got you, Mom. I'll put it in neutral, roll it out the driveway and down the road. You're not going to get me this way. So I'm pushing, I'm pushing. It's like 73 Plymouth Fury car. You know, this thing's heavy, and I'm just pushing and pushing. And I hear this voice, and, and all the life just comes out of me. I look over, and I can see Mom standing on the porch, and Mom goes, hey, you need some help with that? Nope, nope, I'm just gonna wheel this right back into the driveway and go back inside where I'm supposed to be. Couldn't get away with nothing, ever. I love you, Mom. Happy Mother's Day, you know you're the best. Hi, Mom, I just wanted to do this video for you to let you know that how much you mean to us on a daily basis, how much you've done for us helped us with everything and I just love you and just hope you have a great day. Happy Mother's Day. When I think about Mother's Day, I think about my own mom who worked two jobs and growing up she may not have been the best role model at all times, but um, we're mending our relationship now and I appreciate that and happy Mother's Day mom if you're watching. Um, but I think about my grandma who raised me, who took care of me and brought me in and decided to take on a teenager um, in her senior years. And one thing I miss most about grandma is her honesty. Uh, she was always gonna tell you exactly what she thought, if it hurt your feelings or not. Um, if it made you happy, sad, it didn't matter. She's gonna let you know. And I didn't appreciate that until after um, she had passed. So um, I really miss her. But I also think about all those other moms that have um, kind of stepped in and served over the years. Sister Joyner, happy Mother's Day. Um, my favorite, uh, quote is things done in spite and in shame and that saying pops up in my head more times than I would care to admit um, but I appreciate all that you've done for me and um, I think about Sister Dyson who taught us that it's very difficult to ride a horse in Argentina um, I, miss, I miss Sister Dyson and all of our, our church members and I want to say Happy Mother's Day to all those other ones who helped uh, teach through Sunday school and through Children's Church Sister Dean, Sister Vicki, Sister Garris, Sister Nance, all these people um, are great mothers and have been great role models in my life. Um, and even as an adult, my own mother-in-law, Happy Mother's Day, Lisa, um, has, has helped out and been a great person to turn to um, and our relationship has grown and I appreciate it. So Happy Mother's Day to all. Hey mom, I wanna be honest, this video has been kind of hard for me. I've done it a couple times and I'm just nervous but I wanted to take a minute and tell you that I'm so thankful for you. I am so very blessed to have a mother like you. You are my rock. You have kept me sane through so many things and I am so, so thankful for you. So today, this day is about you and I hope you enjoy your day. 
Happy Mother's Day. My mom is very selfless. She does many things for me, and I'm so grateful that I get to call her my mom. She also is very fun, and I love hanging out with her. Hi, Mom. Happy Mother's Day. I love you very much. This is just going to be a little short video to let you know how much I appreciate you as a mom, a grandmother, and a great-grandmother now. Um, you have sacrificed so much so that we would not have to as children, even as adults. So for that, I thank you. Um, we couldn't have asked for a better mom, a better grandmother, and a better great-grandmother. Again, I love you. I'm not great at these speeches, so mine's not going to be as great as Christy's. But I do love you very much. Happy Mother's Day. Um, my mom's best qualities were her kindness and her loving. She was very simple and very humble, very thankful for everything. She loved to be outside. She loved her flowers. And great memories are myself and her and Jeffrey during the summer being at the pool. Praise the Lord. Uh, here's one part of your pastoral team from the Church of God, Cornelius, wishing all the mothers a great, great, wonderful Mother's Day. This is your day. What a wonderful, wonderful day. I believe that uh, the mother's love and is just about as close to God as, as it can be, more so than anything else. Mothers love their families, uh, their spouses, and they work hard to uh, have a great home. And uh, I just appreciate my mother. Uh, day in my mother's life would probably be start early with gathering eggs and for the next day or that day for breakfast and cut off a slab of ham out of the smokehouse or side meat or even some uh, dry sausage hanging that we'd done. She may pick some butter beans for lunch and shell them and have them ready whenever we get done from working. Um, it's just a marvelous thing uh, that the mothers do for their children and the love that they have. Sometimes I use the phrase, tender is a mother's love. There's nothing any more tender than a mother's love. I recall one time uh, Brother Overcast saying that a lot of folks in his family and uh, never did his mother say, I don't have time. But whenever he would come to her, it was, uh, what can I do to help you? Mothers love their kids, they love their families, and they love God. And I want you mothers to have the greatest day that you've ever had before in your life. And uh, those of you around mothers today, uh, bless them. Take them to dinner. Have a good time. Lift them up. They are worth double honor. Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day. God bless you. Happy Mother's Day, Mom. You're an amazing mom. I am truly blessed that God picked you to be my mom. You always did without to make sure that we had everything that we needed. No matter how crazy we drive you, you are always there for us when we need you. You are the rock that holds our family together. You have showed us the true meaning of a mother's unconditional love. 
Mommy, I love you to the moon and back, and I always remember there is nothing that I wouldn't do for you. I am the woman I am today because of you. Thank you for never giving up on me, no matter how crazy I drive you. Happy Mother's Day, Mommy. I love you. Happy Mother's Day, Mama. I just wanted to wish you a happy Mother's Day. I just want to say that I love you and appreciate everything you do for me. Um, you're the best mama and nana ever. So, happy Mother's Day. I love Hi, you. Hi, Mom. Happy Mother's Day. I want to say I love you and I hope you enjoy your day. It's fabulous, just like you. You're definitely the rock that holds this family together. We love and appreciate you and everything that you, you do. Love you. Hey, Mom. Happy Mother's Day. I'm sorry that I can't be there today, but I wanted to stop by and just wish you a happy Mother's Day, tell you that I love you, um, and just say thank you for all that you've done for me over the years. Um, I just appreciate um, everything that you've taught me, everything that you've modeled and shown uh, to me, um, hard work, um, the importance of being independent and taking care of yourself um, and taking care of others were all things that you taught me. Um, some of my fondest memories are the trips that you um, took me on, even though it was just me and you or um, me and you and I'm all Pat, um, those are just really important. And I know, you know, looking back that that's a lot of hard work. It's not cheap, um, but I appreciate you, you doing that and, um, and putting forth, you know, that effort and, and time away from, from your job and everything else. Um, also remember every field trip um, that you would go on and, and you would chaperone and I, and I appreciate that too, looking back as well. So thank you so much for everything that you've taught me, whether it's uh, cleaning the house, washing clothes, um, mowing the yard, or, um, or just the importance of having fun. So I love you and I hope you have a great day. Happy Mother's Day to my beautiful mother. I'm so happy that you are my mama. I can't wait for you to be a Nana to my kids one day. And I'm not pregnant, that is not a pregnancy announcement. <laughs> um, but yeah, you're just the best mom. You had five kids under, what, 24, 23, which was my age, which is mind blowing to me. But I just think you're an amazing woman and I think you've done well in life. And I don't know what I would do without you. So I hope you have a great Mother's Day and you feel so loved. Love you. So, happy Mother's Day to everyone. Just thinking about different memories of our moms or things that we've been taught, basically everything that I know I learned from my mom. She'd say no, but it's the truth. I really learned about being passionate about things from my mom because everything that she does she does with enthusiasm and sometimes it's uh, it's to get everyone else enthusiastic about it and I think that I have gotten that from her <laughs> that uh, it's like oh yeah let's do this this is great yeah everyone let's let's try it and um, even in those times that she may not have been super duper excited she still made everything really exciting because of her enthusiasm so that's a really good thing about her <laughs> Happy Mother's Day again, one more time. 
Huh, I had a professor who used to say the uh, the ears can only endure what the what the rear end can. So I'll only preach for six and a half hours or so. No worries. Um, Y'all only three minutes. Oh man, I already had one of them. So we are we are glad that uh, that you are here. So I am not preaching about mothers. It's we're continuing our series. If you guys have not been here. For our series, then um, there are messages online that you can catch up. I uh, hope that they're on there. <laughs> but uh, go on to our church website and and listen to the series because we've been, I've been having a good time. I don't know about the rest of y'all, but I've been enjoying myself. We'll see how long it goes. So today, the question is, if you build it, will they come? We've been talking about Nehemiah. And building the wall, getting everything ready to, to protect and to help those who were in the city of Jerusalem. And at this point, the building was complete. Nehemiah reported that merely 52 days from the time that they had started, the work on the wall had been completed. If y'all have no idea what I'm talking about, Nehemiah is where we are and Amanda so graciously if everything's working properly now we'll be showing the the uh, scriptures up on the screen but Nehemiah was a builder he had gone to the city of Jerusalem which had been completely torn down everything was was destroyed had been burned by the enemies of Jerusalem and he decided that he was going to help the people who were living there by build, rebuilding the wall of Jerusalem so basically you're called up. They had issues, lots of things were going on, but basically you're called up. So the building was complete, but the work was not done. The purpose behind building the wall was to remove the shame and reproach that Jerusalem had become among the surrounding nations. However, the enemy was still at work, and Nehemiah was discouraged. So taking a look at chapter 7, <laughs> Honestly, Brother Mike, when I t <laughs> when I wrote this down, I was like, oh, yeah, Brother Mike. I did. I thought about you two or three times. <laughs> okay, so chapters, I've been reading the whole chapters, and chapter 7 has about 72 verses. <laughs> Y'all get ready. Lots of crazy names in here, too. So we are going to be looking at chapter 7, verses 1 through 5 to begin to begin <laughs> now it came to pass when the wall was built and I had set up the doors and the porters and the singers and the Levites were appointed that I gave my brother Hananiah and Hananiah the ruler of the palace charge over Jerusalem for he was a faithful man and feared God above many and I said unto them, Let not the gates of Jerusalem be opened until the sun be hot. And while they stand by, let them shut the doors and bar them and appoint watches of the inhabitants of Jerusalem, every one in his watch, and every one to be over against his house. Now the city was large and great, but the people were few therein. And the houses were not builded. And my God put into mine heart to gather together the nobles and the rulers and the people that they might be reckoned by genealogy. And I found a register of the genealogy of them which came up at first and found written therein. We're going to turn to chapter 8. Don't worry. 
<laughs> no worries. So the construction had been completed. Again, only 52 days from the time that they began, they were able, with all the workers, with everyone working together, unified with a common purpose, they were able to build this wall through the obstacles that they had faced. Last week, we talked about the different obstacles. They were facing people who were needy, who were not getting all that they had had needed for their families. They were having to sell their families into uh, into slavery, and they were dealing. Nehemiah was dealing with people who were greedy, those who were taking advantage of individuals without really a care and a concern for their neighbor, and with the seedy, who were those enemies of Jerusalem, enemies of, of Nehemiah and all the work that was being done. So even through all that, this feat was accomplished in 52 days, possibly the end of September, beginning of October, depending on which calendar you're looking at. So Nehemiah then appointed the appropriate workers because many roles needed to be filled. So he appointed gatekeepers. These porters that are mentioned, their responsibility was to open and close the gates to the inhabitants and the guests of Jerusalem. He appointed singers and Levites to encourage the inhabitants of the city to, to bring worship into the city to make sure that their focus was only on the Lord. He appointed city leaders, Nehemiah's brother Hananiah and the palace ruler Hananiah, who was described as a stable, trustworthy individual who feared God more than most people did. I thought that was an interesting way to, to describe a person. He feared God more than most. So they were appointed to, in essence, take the place of Nehemiah, since we can assume that Nehemiah went back to Persia right at this time. He had set a, a certain amount of time, we don't know how much, but he had set a certain amount of time to King Artaxerxes and said, I'll be back by now. So it is most likely that that's the reason he set those city leaders up so that they could rule in his place. Then the people were told, the gatekeepers, the porters, were told not to open the gates until later in the day when the sun was hot. Now this was not typical because city gates in that time were opened at sunrise and closed at sunset. However, Nehemiah knew that the enemies were often lurking about and did not need an opportunity to attack because if, if first thing in the morning before the guards were on duty, if they came in and attacked the city, then there was nothing really that could be done. So he told them to do something that was not typical. Again, normally the, the gates would have already been open first thing in the morning, but he said, wait until about midday. So he's saying to them, the old strategies need to change if the enemy's trying to attack. The old way of doing things isn't really working, so maybe we need to do something different. You need to be on guard more often when you know that the enemy is coming against you. Then he told them that sentries were to be posted from among the inhabitants of Jerusalem to be on guard and to protect the homes. There were plenty of jobs to do and plenty of room, but yet there were not enough people. He said there's lots of room in the city, lots of place for people to set up their homes, but 
we need some more people to do this work. Mm. The walls of the city were large enough to contain thousands of people, yet only 2% of all the exiles had returned from captivity. They were all, they all had the opportunity to come back, but only 2% of them chose to. This deeply troubled Nehemiah, so the Lord inspired him with a plan. Call for homecoming. And see, it was, it was great. Y'all are all invited to homecoming, okay? Everyone here, this is a second reminder, and you might get a third one, who knows. But everyone here is invited back for homecoming. Because if you've ever been here before, and the next time you'll be home. So if you've ever been here before, this is your technical home. So come on back. Join us. Eat. Fellowship. So the people had a desire to see the work that had been done. They, they had desired to learn from the Lord, and we'll see that in just a second. So he called back all the nobles, all the rulers, all the people to share with them their history. Now in chapter 8, if you really want to know who all returned, you're welcome to read chapter 7, but we're going to move to chapter 8, verses 1 through 4, it says. And all the people gathered themselves together as one man into the street. That was before the water gate. And they spake unto Ezra the scribe to bring the book of the law of Moses, which the Lord had commanded to Israel. And Ezra the priest brought the law before the congregation, both of men and women and all that could hear with understanding, upon the first day of the seventh month. And he read therein before the street, that was before the water gate, from the morning until midday, before the men and women and those that could understand. And the ears of all the people were attentive unto the book of the law. And Ezra the scribe stood upon a pulpit of wood, which they had made for the purpose. And beside him stood Mathaniah and Shema and Aniah and Urijah and Hilkiah and Messiah on his right hand. And on his left hand, Padeah and Mishael and Malchiah and Hashem and Hashbadana, Zechariah and Meshulam. So the Lord had begun a work in advance, and we know this because all the people met together in one place with unity. The Lord had moved on them to all gather together and to have a unified purpose, which was hearing the voice of the Lord. God had caused them to be receptive to what would be heard. They gathered at the water gates. There were 12 different gates that were within the city of Jerusalem. And the water gate was named this because it led to the city's main water source, which was the Gion Spring. This is also where the Pool of Siloam was. And we see the Pool of Siloam in the New Testament. Siloam meaning sent, and this was a place where, where Jesus sent a man who was born blind. And he was sent there, and he was healed by washing in the pool. And so we see that this is a place of eyes being opened. This is also the same situation, the same portion of Scripture, where Jesus proclaimed himself as the light of the world. He said, I am the light of the world. So here at this pool was a place of eyes being opened, a place of light being shown into each life. So all the people, men, women, and children, were assembled to hear the words of the Lord being read. And they listened from early morning 
to midday attentively. So when I say I'm going to preach for six and a half hours, you know, maybe I will. No, I plan to not. But uh, whatever the Lord leads us to do. But, but they listened attentively. They had the heart to hear and understand the words of the Lord. And notice that it was not just the men, because in biblical times, it was typically just the men who had heard the, the words of the Lord. Who were only, they, only the men were allowed to go in and read from the scrolls. But it was such a powerful thing that the whole family was here, gathered together to hear and receive the words of the Lord. So, in verses 5 through 8, it says, And Ezra opened the book in the sight of all the people, for he was above all the people. And when he opened it, all the people stood up. And Ezra blessed the Lord, the great God. And all the people answered, Amen, Amen, with lifting up their hands, and they bowed their heads and worshipped the Lord with their faces to the ground. Also Jeshua and Bani and Sherebiah, Jamin, Akub, Shabbatai, Hodijah, Messiah, Kalita, Azariah, Jozebad, Hanan, Peleah, and the Levites calls the people to understand the law. And the people stood in their place. So they read in the book in the law of God distinctly and gave the sense and caused them to understand the reading. The people were reverent and attentive, and they began to worship as the word of God was read. It was so powerful to them. It was something that was just pent up within them, this unity that they had all gathered together, and they were hearing and receiving the word of the Lord. And I don't know when the last time that you were excited about hearing the word of the Lord. But they were gathered together, and they began to hear, and they began to raise their hands and their faces in worship and cry out to God because they were just so happy to be able to listen and to know the law that God had sent to them. And so the Levites were given the task of explaining the law to them line by line. They expounded to all who would hear, making sense of all that was being read. Again, this is such a powerful thing because normally it was only the men who were able to to be under a rabbi. They were the only ones who would learn and understand what the law was really meaning, the interpretation thereof. So the fact that God allowed and ordained for the women and the children to also be in this place together was so special that they could all listen and, and understand line by line the words of the Lord and what he had meant to say to his people. In verses 9 through 12, it says, And Nehemiah, which is the Tershatha, meaning governor, and Ezra the priest, the scribe, and the Levites that taught the people, said unto the people, This day is holy unto the Lord your God. Mourn not, nor weep, for all the people wept when they heard the words of the law. Again, when's the last time that you... That you heard the word of the Lord and you were weeping because it was so powerful to you. Mm, Lord, help us all. Then he said unto them, Go your way, eat the fat and drink the sweet, and send portions unto them for whom nothing is prepared. For this day is holy unto our Lord. Neither be ye sorry, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. So the Levites stealed all the people, saying, Hold your peace, for the day is holy. Neither be ye grieved. And all the people went their way to eat and to drink and to send portions and to make great mirth 
because they had understood the words that were declared unto them. The reason that they were sent out with rejoicing was because they heard and understood the words of the Lord. The word of the Lord and the interpretation thereof were so transformative that the people began to weep. And as Ezra and Nehemiah and all the Levites saw this and heard the people weeping, they stopped them and said, there's a time to weep, there's a time to mourn, there's a time to grieve and be upset about things, but this is a time to rejoice. This is a time to take what you have received from the Lord and go out and worship and fellowship with each other. This is a time to give to the poor who have not been able to prepare for themselves. This is a time to share a portion with all those around you. This is a time to share this word with others. Because the rejoicing of Yahweh, because the joy of the Lord, the rejoicing of Yahweh is their fortified place of defense. The word Lord here, the joy of the Lord is our strength. The name here that is used is Yahweh, which means the covenant God. So God has made a covenant with his people, with each of us, to be our strength. That his joy, the rejoicing of Yahweh is our strength verses 13 through 18. And on the second day were gathered together the chief of the fathers of all the people, the priest and the Levites, and to Ezra the scribe, even to understand the words of the law. And they found written in the law, which the Lord had commanded by Moses, that the children of Israel should dwell in booths in the feast of the seventh month, and that they should publish and proclaim in all their cities and in Jerusalem, saying, Go forth, unto the mount and fetch olive branches and pine branches and myrtle branches and palm branches and branches of thick trees to make booths as it is written so the people went forth and brought them and made themselves booths every one upon the roof of his house and in their courts and in the courts of the house of God and in the street of the water gate and in the street of the gate of Ephraim and all the congregation of them that were come again out of the captivity made booths and sat under the booths. For since the days of Yeshua, the son of Nun, unto that day had not the children of Israel done so, and there was very great gladness. Also day by day, from the first day unto the last day, he read in the book of the law of God, and they kept the feast seven days. And on the eighth day was a solemn assembly according unto the manner. So they were so enthusiastic. They had gotten so much the day before. They had heard the word of the Lord, and they were just on fire. And they came back to the, to the priests and the Levites, to Ezra and to Nehemiah, and they said, tell us more. Let us know more about God and about his word. Let us hear what he has to say. So they began to read and ask questions to gain better understanding. And they learned from further reading that the time for the festival of shelters had arrived. Now, the festival of shelters was something that was set up at the time of Moses to celebrate the fact that God had protected the children of Israel as they were living in the wilderness, that they had lived in tents and this was just a commemoration thereof. So they were supposed to go out and gather branches, make themselves a little lean-to, make themselves a little tent, and live out for a week just to remember what it had been like to live out in the wilderness. 
And so they heard about this, and they went out, and they got all their branches, and they gathered them together, and they pitched tents all over the city of Jerusalem, and they were excited. Now, I'm just going to put a little side note that's not here in my notes. I don't know that I'd be so excited to live in a tent for a week. Zero percent. But anyway, yeah, it's that, um, just no thank you. But they were excited about it, to be able to to fulfill the law, to be able to rejoice in the way that, that God had set up for them. So the consensus was, again, that they would all participate in this celebration together. And it tells us that not since the days of Joshua had everyone come together in unity in this same way. So hundreds of years before this, this law had been set up to live in booths, to live in tents. And not since that time that it had been first initiated had the people done it with such excitement. Oh, my. Because sometimes we do things just because it's tradition, but we do it without any excitement. We do things just because that's the way we've always done it. We come to church and we worship a certain way and we do our liturgy, which is you know, line by line. This is what we're supposed to do now. This is what we're supposed to say now. This is what we're supposed to feel now. But we do it without the excitement that it was originally intended for. And not since the time of Joshua had they rejoiced in this way had they worked together and been so unified so the building and the work I really believe I really believe and I've said this uh, to a couple of people I really believe that the Lord is doing something in us amen Y'all don't have to believe it. I'll believe for you. I really believe that the Lord is doing something in us. I do. I believe that there's a reason that everything is happening the way that it is in the time that it is because Jesus is coming back soon. So we need to hurry up and get ready. If you're, if you're not ready yet, you certainly can be today. And uh, if you're thinking you got plenty of time, the devil's lying to you. So the thing is... I believe that God has ordained this time that we are in right now in our church. And I believe that as the Lord begins to as the Lord begins to work in each of us. Hmm, people have been calling me, texting me, asking me things that they can do. Thank y'all to all of you who stopped me, you know, on, in the middle of church. Is there anything? anything that can do and I've, I've given some people a few and also just as a side note y'all are all invited to homecoming but you're also all invited to um, to get the church and the fellowship hall ready to prep for homecoming so there's your third invitation um, <laughs> and also an invitation for work but people have been asking me can I do this can I do this can I do this and I'm so I'm glad because Y'all all think it's for one reason. Y'all all think it's because dad's sick and mom's got a lot going on, and she does. It's true. But I believe 
that God is intending this for another purpose, that he's stirring within each of us. An excitement about what we need to be doing as a Christian and as an investor in this church. Because we all are an investor. Because this is, this is not Jennifer Church of God or Joiner Church of God. This is, this is our church. This is God's church. Amen, Gretchen. Yes, this is God's church. This is us together investing in this work. And I believe that God is getting us to see, hey, there are things that, that we can be doing. There are ways that I am blessed. There are ways that I am gifted that God is going to use me to fill the need, but you've been needed. We've been trying to tell you, hey, we need you. Amen? Um, this is not at all to, to attack anyone. If you feel attacked, uh, ask the Lord to help you, because that's not the intention. Because I, I do believe that God is getting us ready for something that he's going to do, that he's building something within us, and not for the purpose of building and it looking great, but for the purpose of, of getting work done in the last days. So there are some lessons that we can learn from this section of Scripture that must be our goal and our prayer. Three things. Number one is unity. We're all in this together. Yes. From the initial planning to the final brick being laid, unity has been the main ingredient in the success of Nehemiah's mission. When there was not unity the building stopped. Everything halted. And it was not until the people began to be unified again, it was not until Nehemiah worked through some issues that they had all had that, that work began to be done. So if we're not unified, throughout God's word, wars were won, places were built, the spirit of the Lord fell when there was unity among believers, when everyone got together in one mind, in one accord, with the same goal, the Holy Spirit fell on all those who were in the house, not just one or two, not just the most spiritual of all of them, but every single person within that house was filled with the Holy Spirit. So unity is one of the things that we have to make our goal and our prayer. Unity does not mean that we always agree. Amen. <laughs> but it does mean that we lay aside those trivial things to have a common purpose and goal. No, I'm not always going to agree and see eye to eye and the the normal uh, the normal church story about that is that the different colors of carpet and that um, you know this person wanted this color and this person wanted the other color and mom said no we're going to have this color so thanks mom. No, I don't know. I don't no, I'm just joking. But but we don't always see eye to eye, but our purpose, our main goal is to build something that will be a help to all those around us. It's not that everybody have the same brain and, and think exactly the same way because your ideas are helpful. If you have things that I haven't thought about, then I, I hey, bring them on. You know, you got some great ideas, mention them. We're excited to hear but unity, unity also does not mean that we all have to do the same thing, but that everybody knows their appointment. 
what each person must attend to because there are some people who had the had the task of opening and closing the gate and all day long they stood there open the gate close the gate lock it back stand there until the next person comes open the gate close the gate stand there until the next person comes oh you you need to get out hold on open the gate close the gate lock it till the next person comes and sometimes when we have that that task we think oh this is not important this doesn't mean anything but it is so important because it's a layer of protection and it allows those inside to be safe there were some who were levites and singers and those were the ones who were pumping everybody up getting them excited about the word of the lord yes singing and rejoicing and maybe they walked around saying golly is anybody else worshiping with me i'm i'm singing on my own just gonna walk around here and sing oh golly and what if they had gotten discouraged that that was their only job maybe they thought well this isn't very important those people who were who are standing there with a sword in their hand they're probably looking at me like oh they're just walking around singing all day because the enemy comes into our minds and he he begins to to needle at us oh what you're doing is not important (laughs) or everyone's judging you for what you're doing so you need to be a little less of this and a little more of that And if those Levites and those singers had not done what their role was, had not accomplished the goal of the Lord that he had set out for them, then the worship would not have been right. So the thing is, each and every one of us has a role and a purpose. And it's not always the same thing. And sure, maybe each of us can do whatever it is sure those levites could have been gatekeepers but they were better levites maybe those sentry guards could have been a gatekeeper but they were better guards god has a purpose for each one of us and if i'm not following that if i'm not doing what it is that god has set out for me to do then i will feel very discouraged And I'll be looking at everyone else thinking, ah, I should be that or this. Nope. God has a purpose for you. So unity is number one. Number two is undying passion for the word. How do you feel about the Bible? How do you feel about what God is saying to you? Men, women, and children gathered from first light of day to hear Ezra and the Levites read and expound upon the word. If you go back and read chapter 7, you see that over 49,000 people had returned for this homecoming. It is not known whether or not all these people were able to stand at the water gate and hear, but all those who did were standing until midday, weeping over the words of the law, but also making mirth that they had understood the word, how exciting it was that they had actually been able to understand what God was saying to them. So how passionate are you? How passionate am I about God's word? It is our law. It is our light. It is our standard for living. It is our guidebook and our remedy against sin. 
It is the sword that we hold against the enemy. It is the inspired communication directly from the mouth of God. It is the living embodiment of Christ that was made flesh. It was with God in the beginning. And if all those things do not cause us both to weep and rejoice, maybe we need to read it a little more, see the power that it can cause in our lives, the way that it can bring about change. The Bible speaks about everything it needs to. Sometimes people are are looking through the Word like, oh, well, what about this and what about this and what about that? The Bible speaks about everything that it needs to in order to cause us to live a victorious life and constantly Christian life. All the other little stuff is just junk that sometimes that you know uh, Paul talks about that they're they're waves of doctrine and, and they're little you know little gossipy cliques that we need to just ignore. We need to read what the word says, know what God says about everything in our lives. Because he speaks to everything that's important. He speaks to our relationships. He speaks to our finances. He speaks to how we should act on our job. He, he speaks to the way that we should relate to one another. He speaks about the way that we should react uh, to the political situation that goes on in our world. He, he speaks to every single thing that we need to live a victorious life. So... What we need to do to feel this undying passion for the word, we need to seek out some explanation through Bible reading plans. If you don't have one, start one. Sound preaching. If you don't have a place to go to church, come on here. And if you do have a place to church, stay where you are and be faithful to your church. Amen. And throughout the week find someone to listen to that's encouraging and that's reading and teaching from the word you need to be seeking out small group bible study we have that here on wednesday nights we have brother mike's class we have our class and we meet virtually just saying we well, we have both we have hybrid we're hybrid so yes you need to seek out learning and and understanding the word of the lord The more we read the word and with greater understanding, we begin to get a revelation of what we should have been doing. They realized that they should have been living in shelters. And they were excited to to do that, to follow the word of the Lord. But the more we read the word, the more he expands to us. Oh, I should have been doing this. I should have been acting this way. I should have been giving here. And of my time and my talent and my treasure, I should have been doing that. I need to get on that. And then the third thing that we learn is unspeakable and glorious joy. Where are you finding your strength? I am sure that most of us who have been in church have read and rehearsed and encouraged ourselves with this verse numerous times. The joy of the Lord is our strength. I'm sure. Because I know I have. Joy of the Lord is our strength. But perhaps it becomes rote because we talk about it. We say, oh, the joy of the Lord is our strength. Joy of the Lord. And the thing is, I know for myself, as I was reading, as I was studying, I I want further explanation. I'm like, okay, how is the joy of the Lord my strength? 
Like, how am I, how am I going to be strengthened through the joy of the Lord? Is it God's joy that gives me strength, or is it my joy that I find in Him? And I, I want it to be expounded. I, I want to, but the verse means exactly what it says. This word joy in the Hebrew means rejoicing and gladness. And the word that is used here is only used one other time in Scripture. And that is in First Chronicles chapter 16. She's gonna, do you have it on there? Oh, no, it's fine. If you don't, you switched it back. No worries. And I can read it because I have it right here. In First Chronicles chapter 16 and verse 27, this is the only other time that it is, that this particular word is used. And I really feel like seeing the two in conjunction will help us with some context. So in the context of First Chronicles, the Ark of the Covenant, which was the physical assurance of God's presence among his people, had been brought to Jerusalem, and David was so elated that he offered numerous sacrifices and sang a song to the Lord. And here he's singing his song to the Lord. In chapter 16, verse 27, it says, and this is just among lots of praise and worship that, that David's giving, it says, Glory and honor are in his presence. Strength and gladness are in his place. And the word gladness is the same word as joy in the other verse. Strength and gladness are in his place. <laughs> so in both settings where the word joy is used, the people are spending time in worship. In order to experience the fullness of joy that comes from the Lord and gives us strength, I must dwell in his presence. So that's the interpretation thereof. That's, the, that's expounding it better. When I'm feeling low on strength, when I'm feeling that, I'm not going to say clinical depression because that's a whole other thing. You need to, you need to go get counseling and medicine if necessary but I'm saying the depression that comes from just day-to-day -day mess the anxiety that happens when I spend time in God's presence some of those things fade away and I'm strengthened when I'm feeling low on my rejoicing when I'm feeling low in my gladness, I need to spend time with the Lord and receive strength in Him. I need to spend time in corporate and private worship because they were all corporately in these two situations, they were all corporately worshiping together. And that strengthened their faith, it strengthened their excitement and their joy in the Lord. But also, when, when I can't get around people, I got to worship. And that gives me a boost of strength. Because Yahweh has promised to be that for me. After they had been in God's presence, they were more excited about the word. They rejoiced to be able to celebrate the Feast of Shelters together. Their gladness was greater than it had been since Joshua's day. And they wanted to know more about the law every single day. That's joy. That's joy. Joy is not denying the situation that you are in, but it is being strong in the middle of it. It's knowing that God is with me, and even when I have to face this mess, God is here. That gives me joy. So, can we build it? Yes, we can. Thank you. But the building is just the beginning. 
It must be our prayer and our aim to receive these things, unity, because we're all in this together. We need each other for work and for worship. We need undying passion for the Word of God because every answer that we need is contained in the Word. If he didn't talk about it, we don't need to know about it. An unspeakable and glorious joy that is found by dwelling in God's presence. So as the music plays, I'll have you stand because y'all been sitting for a while and we're going to go to the Lord in prayer. Ask him to help us to increase in us all these things that we need to be builders and to see his work accomplished. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We are so grateful for your presence. You are so good to us. You are better and greater and more than we know and understand. God, I thank you that you have a purpose and a plan for each life. For each and every purpose, each and every person who came today, there's a purpose. God, you have ordained their lives since before they were born. God, I thank you and I praise you that there is not one here who does not have a role to fulfill in your kingdom, whether it's here or in their own churches or somewhere else that they might find. God, there, there is a purpose and a design for each life. And Father, I pray that you would begin to speak to us even now. God, give us a greater sense of unity. God, that we would be bound together in love, that we would have a common goal and purpose, and that is to see souls saved and lives changed because you're coming back soon. Father God, I pray that you would help us to be able to share one with another. God, to not be jealous. God, to not be to not be listening to the lies of the enemy that say what you're doing is unimportant and what that person's doing is better, but God, to understand that each of us have a role to do and that is so important in the continuation of your work. Father God, I pray that you would give us such a passion for your word like we have never experienced before. Father God, I pray that your word would sink deep into each heart because you said in your word that your word doesn't return void, but it accomplishes every single thing that you send it out to. And in Jesus' name, I ask that the ones who need to hear and receive this would, God, that you would plant the seed within each of our hearts, that it would grow and expound and just be nourishment to our bones day after day. Father, I pray that each person who is here would hunger to know more and more about you. God, that they wouldn't even understand why it is that they can't get enough of your word. But God, I pray that through reading your word, through hearing your word, God, that they would find a place to receive through teaching and preaching the true solid word of God. Lord, that you would just speak and minister to each and every person. And Father, I pray for joy that is unspeakable and full of glory. For those who have been downcast and downtrodden. For those who have been depressed and anxious. Father, for those who have been wondering how they're going to make it. For those who have been daily crying out to you. How am I going to do this, God? How am I going to make it? For those people 
who are facing things that maybe they never have before or they're facing the same old junk that keeps coming up. In Jesus' name, I ask that your joy be their strength. God, that our worship would be right. That Yahweh would be her joy and our strength. God, we trust you. We trust you that you're doing something within us that we cannot even imagine. God, we trust you that you are working within our hearts to give us a greater and a deeper passion for you and the purposes that you have. We thank you, we praise you for your goodness, your mercy, your blessings and grace. God, we thank you for each and every life that is here. And we say over your people, may the Lord bless you. May he keep you. May he make his face to shine upon you. May he be gracious to you and give you his peace. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. Make a way if ever there's a